Will Justin Trudeau step down ahead of the next election? The majority of Canadians think he should. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith had some harsh words for the Federal Environment Minister Stephen Guibault, calling him an ideologue and irritating. The Ontario NDP abstained from a motion in the Ontario Legislature expressing strong support for Israel and condemning Hamas. Hello Canada, it's Friday, October 20th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A majority of Canadians and almost half of those who say they voted Liberal in 2021 would prefer if Prime Minister Justin Trudeau steps down as the Liberal Party of Canada leader before the next federal election. According to a recent Angus Raid poll, 57% of Canadians say that Trudeau should step down before the next federal election, while only 28% said that Trudeau should remain as Liberal leader. Broken down by parties Canadians voted for in 2021, 82% of Conservative voters would prefer if Trudeau stepped down, 51% of Bloc Québécois voters said he should step down, and 47% of NDP voters agreed as well. Trudeau's support from within his own party has been dwindling. As only 44% of 2021 Liberal voters said Trudeau should stay on as leader, while 41% said he should step down. Justin Trudeau's approval rating has tied the Prime Minister's all-time low as it has dropped to 31%, and his disapproval rating has risen to 64%, almost the same level it was at the height of the SNC-Lavalin scandal. Among 2021 Liberal voters, only 61% of voters say they approve of the job Trudeau is doing, equal to the NDP's Jagmeet Singh's approval rating among Liberal voters. So nearly half of people who voted for the Liberals in 2021 don't approve of the Prime Minister. They think he should step down. Noah, do you think we're seeing some fissures and division within the Liberal Party finally showing up due to the divisive nature of our current Prime Minister. I think so. I mean, Justin Trudeau has been anything but a unifying Prime Minister, you know, calling people a fringe minority. Um, You know, these are things that, you know, has caught up to him over uh, eight years of just repeated scandal and nonsense. I think people are tired of him. I think also people are reaping the economic consequences of liberal policy. So a lot of people are starting to get sick of him. I think your average person who doesn't follow politics is starting to get irritated with the prime minister because not only is the economic consequences of liberal policy coming to rear its head, but also his incompetence as a good governor when it comes to you know, foreign affairs or when it comes to inviting Nazis into the parliament. You know, these are things that are just embarrassing for Canada. And it is something that, you know, people see as requiring a new prime minister to fix. We're still uh, two years out from another election. It looks like the liberals want to ride this out with the support of the NDP and Jagmeet Singh by no means has indicated he's 
going to push for an election aggressively. What's the move here for the liberals? Do they keep Trudeau around or potentially, you know, get another person in there uh, to drive off some of the support that Poiliev has been seeing? I mean, in theory, you could replace Trudeau with another person, but who is that going to be? Is it going to be Melanie Jolie? Is it going to be Christian Freeland? You know, the, the two, those two are quite uninspiring as liberal leaders. They don't have a lot of charisma. And, you know, if you just see the way they answer questions from the media, uh, I don't think it will go well. Um, you know, you also have people like Anita Anand or the, you know, perhaps Mark Carney who could step in. But th these are all options that, you know, are not as compelling as someone like Pierre Polyev, who, you know, is offering a radically, uh, not radically different uh, perspective, but is offering a different enough perspective to Canadians who can feel as if, you know, after eight years of just the, this liberal, the same liberal government, uh, you know, making the same sort of policy decisions over and over again and reaping the poor economic consequences of these policy decisions. Uh, I think people just want a change from the Liberal Party itself. Alberta Premier Daniel Smith had some harsh words for the federal environment minister over the federal government's misplaced victory lap following its loss at the Supreme Court last week. Smith said Gibo has become, quote, very irritating. Amidst a war of words with the federal government over the Supreme Court's rejection of a bill Alberta dubbed as the No More Pipelines Act, Smith expressed her frustration with Gibo at a press conference Thursday. Well, I would say that um, Environment Minister Stephen Gibo is an ideologue. He's always been an ideologue. He's always been going off announcing things unilaterally, and he's quite frankly becoming very irritating to both me and my environment minister, Rebecca Schultz. That being said, we have a pretty constructive relationship with other federal ministers, and we have a pretty constructive relationship with our deputy ministers who've been meeting this week to try to figure out a pathway for how we can align our interests towards carbon neutrality by 2050. So uh, as he continues to try to, to act unilaterally, I, I just take him less and less seriously. Smith and Schultz have sharply criticized Gibo and the federal government for doubling down on their plans for a net zero electrical grid by 2035. On Monday, federal officials conveyed confidence that their strategies for capping greenhouse gas emissions from the oil and gas sectors and their proposed clean electricity regulations targeting power generation emissions would remain largely untouched. This assurance comes despite the Supreme Court's recent determination that the 2019 Impact Assessment Act infringes on provincial jurisdiction. Smith has stood firm with Alberta's goal to achieve carbon neutrality by 2050. She said that her government has had a constructive relationship with other federal ministers and her deputy ministers. So Cosman, the Alberta government is definitely seeing uh, this as a victory for them uh, and, they, and they are taking on the federal government on multiple fronts, whether that be through trying to withdraw from the CPP and uh, the aforementioned Impact Assessment Act. Uh, do you think that Albertans are happy with the tact that Premier Smith has been taking so far? I don't think Premier Smith is unpopular by any means. Uh, I do worry that this constant bickering between Alberta and the federal government will kind of drag her government down because... I think Albertans voted for somebody who can get things done, and getting caught up in these arguments uh, isn't really productive, but uh, 
On the other hand, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau put a guy like Stephen Guilbeault in the Environment Ministry, and he's definitely not somebody who has been very cooperative with the provinces. His approach has been essentially to beat everybody over the head with these initiatives instead of working together as the Liberal government claims uh, it's trying to do. But I've seen no instance or indication that that's really their strategy. It, It seems to be a bullying strategy. So definitely Premier Smith is putting her foot down. But as I said, you know, there is that risk of just getting embroiled in this back and forth conflict and these legal disputes and that distracting away from achieving actual substantial results. I think you're right, Cosman. And one aspect of this story that I think a lot of people are missing is that this decision by the Supreme Court, it's a reference question, which means that technically it doesn't have the same weight as an actual case from an actual, yeah, an actual case that was brought to the Supreme Court. This is a reference question. So this is why the federal government is trying to spin this as a quasi victory that just, you know, their act requires minimal amendments because of the nature of the decision. But the fact of the matter is that uh, the Supreme Court did rule this case to be unconstitutional. And if a real case was brought to the Supreme Court, they probably would rule in the same manner. Now, when it comes to Alberta, uh, they should be taking their victory with a grain of salt because the amendments that the federal government uh, is going to try and propose, they probably won't be very amenable to the policy goals of the Smith government and Albertans, uh, the goals of Albertans in general who want to export their natural gas and oil. Yeah, and look, like the liberals always do this, you know, they expect other people to follow the rules that they impose. But when the Supreme Court says, no, this is incorrect, you're not actually following the Constitution, they just kind of brush it off. They have different standards for themselves, and we see it constantly, you know, with their jet-setting around the world, their expensive vacations, And they're not really living by their own, you know, sustainability standards all of the time. Yet, when it comes to the provinces and and ordinary Canadians, they have to, you know, strictly abide and pay the carbon tax and, and, you know, reduce uh, fossil fuels from their electricity supply at the risk of, you know, blackouts. But, you know, we have to bite our tongue and, and, and suffer through that for the greater good of the climate. The Ontario NDP abstained from a motion in the Ontario legislature Thursday expressing strong support for Israel and condemning Hamas. The motion was eventually passed with a 78-0 vote, with Liberals and the governing PCs voting unanimously in support. The motion was introduced by PC House Leader Paul Calandra on Monday. Provincial legislators debated the motion for several days, which came in response to the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas in the wake of the latter's October 7th attack, which killed about 1,400 Israelis, mostly civilians, and captured around 200 others. The NDP, however, abstained from the vote and introduced amendments demanding a ceasefire, hostage release, and humanitarian aid for Gaza. These amendments were rejected and the original motion was passed. 
a major source of recent controversy within the legislature surrounding the conflict was a post on X by NDP MPP Sarah Jama. Jama accused Israel of engaging in apartheid and called for an end to all occupation of Palestinian land. She also blamed settler colonialism for the violence and retaliation by Israel. The post made no mention of the Hamas attack that triggered the war or the casualties and captives on the Israeli side. She has faced public criticism after the post from NDP leader Marit Stiles, who pressured her to apologize for her post. Although Jama has since apologized, the post still remains on her account. And she also remains a member of the NDP caucus despite Premier Doug Ford calling for her resignation. Yesterday, Jama filed a cease and desist letter against Ford for allegedly making, quote, defamatory statements about her. Noah, here we have, you know, something that I think most people would agree with in this motion. And both the liberals and the progressive conservatives voted in support of it. But here we have this glaring omission, you know, from the official opposition in Ontario, the Ontario NDP, deciding to abstain from this vote. What does this say about the Ontario NDP, Noah? You know, the left wing in Canada and, you know, just globally around the world, they seem to be quite deferential to Hamas and terrorist organizations in Palestine or in Israel. Uh, because uh, of their sort of view that you know there is an oppressed and oppressor class uh, in Canada or just in the world, and that you know the oppressors are generally the people who are better off or more wealthy, uh, and that would be the Israelis compared to the Palestinians, and thus it is reflected in the Ontario NDP, which tries to fashion itself as the true left-wing party in Canada. Uh, so they, I guess, must allow dissent uh, on this issue within their party. But, but quite frankly, this is not a good look for Merritt Stiles, who, you know, is trying to fashion herself as the government in waiting, especially at a time when Premier Doug Ford's government is quite unpopular. And uh, now the NDP has just associated themselves with terrorism apologism. But this is not really surprising if we look at the fe- the federal NDP um, which is the same party. It's not disconnected like the Ontario Liberals and the federal Liberals. If you look at the federal NDP, Jagmeet Singh has been very wishy-washy with his statements. I mean, sure, he, after uh, the October 7th attacks, he immediately condemned them. But his comments since then, especially in the legislature, you know, almost uh, almost like, you know, going on the border of accusing Israel of genocide once uh, that bomb dropped on that hospital, which... Well, it turns out it was actually a Palestinian terrorist organization that was responsible for that rocket. Um, you know, Jack Dickney Singh has been bordering on accusing Israel of uh, international crime, uh, war crimes and, you know, violating international law. Uh, it's not surprising that the NDP has allowed someone like Sarah Jama in, in their caucus and has uh, abstained from a vote like this. But it, it is very disappointing and voters should remember this. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.